and gentlemen, welcome to the We Are Podcast. This week's edition focuses on another win for Penn State. Uh, they get their third win of the season, they're now 3-5, and five. and to do so, they seemingly found a dynamic of duos in receivers Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson. They accumulated over 200 yards of, uh, of total offense, um, all-purpose yards, Jahan Dotson, 108 receiving yards, uh, Parker Washington, 95 yards, two touchdowns. But the most electric of plays came on a Jahan Dotson, 81-yard uh, touchdown, uh, punt return touchdown. Uh, it's a really seal the deal for Penn State as they took down the Spartans and won the Lane Rand Trophy um, Saturday afternoon at Beaver Stadium. It was an okay afternoon, I think, for the Penn State offense, uh, especially early. But they dialed it in in the second half and just exploded for, for 29 second-half points. Uh, after scoring only 10 in the first half. The Penn State defense gave up 21 points in the second quarter, but at the end of the day, they came out in the second half and, and dominated play from the get-go. The, the the drive summary for for Michigan in the second half, a, field, a punt, a field goal, four punts, and then a turnover on downs to end the game and give the ball back to Penn State so they could, they could uh, kneel the ball and get in the victory formation. So the Penn State defense... You know, had some lapses in in coverage early and only in the second quarter, but they came back ready to play in the second half, and Penn State earned its third victory of the season. So they go into week nine, not knowing who their opponent might be, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but it's another top-notch performance, and Penn State is playing its best football uh, heading into week nine and the rest of into bowl season. So, you know, Sean Clifford played okay. Um, you know, but the Penn State used another, uh, it was another game of, of two quarterbacks. So Will Levis got, got plenty of reps. Um, Sean Clifford, though, uh, went 17-27, to 27, 232 yards and two touchdowns to, to Parker Washington. Uh, while Levis went 3-for-3 three for, three for 54 yards. And it was, a, it was a great performance by everybody. I mean, the, uh, rushing the football was okay for, for the Nittany Lions. 119 total yards um, on the ground. But with Clifford and Levis leading the way with nine carries and 15 carries respectively, 48 yards from Clifford in a touchdown. Um, Will Levis had 36 yards in a touchdown. So, you know, the offense seems to be clicking. Um, it was more of a, a pass-first offense on this day, unlike last week at Rutgers, where they ran first and ran with everybody. But the Levis package worked out. The Falcon package uh, worked, worked well, and now – Opponents are going to see them um, be going to have to stay on their toes, not knowing what's going to happen. It was senior night, and it was a subdued senior night or senior day for the Penn State Indian Lions. Um, the 12, 12 seniors were honored, and parents were able to to come in and watch pregame warmups, but they were not able to stay for the game. Um, and it, I thought that was a great touch uh, from Penn State uh, to honor those seniors, and they did their customary lap around the field after the game, and it, and it was an emotional time for for everybody involved uh, in the program because usually the, the stadium would be packed. The, the fans would still be here, and, and they would honor the seniors by giving high fives as they, as they complete their walk around. Um, and you saw a lot of the seniors on the field. Uh, I tweeted a picture. They, they just sat there and, and soaked it up. Um, they soaked up their last chance to be at Beaver Stadium, um, or what seems to be their last chance now. Next week, um, it remains to be seen what happens. Um, throughout the throughout the next week, it looks like Penn State might play Illinois, but um, that remains to be seen uh, moving forward. But it was the exact performance that Penn State needed. 
uh, they came out and, and dominated the second half. And you look at kind of comparing the second half to the first half, and and the Nittany Lions offense just finally had its explosion. Um, and, and that's exactly what they needed. Uh, and, you know, moving forward, I think that's going to that's going to be huge. Now, if the Nittany Lions could, um, could start out early, I think that would be better. But, I mean, you, you look at the breakdown, they scored 29 points to – to Michigan State's three, um, 232 yards to 147 yards. Um, Penn State on the ground was, yeah, but, you know, when you're passing the ball well and efficiently, it really doesn't matter. Um, the red zone um, was was a strong suit for the Nittany Lions today. Um, so that's, I think, important moving forward. Uh, so getting that, getting that confidence and, and keeping to build that, I think, is, is huge too. Uh, the Penn State defense forced four sacks um, in two of them in the fourth quarter. So the Penn State defense dialed it up, and, you know, that's that's important too. Um, and when you have that complementary football, and, and in all three phases, Penn State dominated. Obviously, Penn State made a field goal early, but, you know, you, you look at it and you play complementary football in all three phases, you should win the game. And that's how Penn State marched back. I mean, you, you have that, you have the go-ahead touchdown, and then you seal the deal with the Jahan Dotson 81-yard return, and... And here we are sitting, uh, Penn State sits at three and five now. You know, it's the third game in a row where the defense is, has dominated in the second half. And I think that's important, too. They've always, um, and since Brent Pry has, has taken over and James Franklin is here, they've never really started out very strong. But, you know, they come out in the second half, and it's one of those things where they make those adjustments, and, and it worked. Now, in the first half, like, um, if you watch the game, it didn't seem like Michigan State could make any make any errors. Um, every receiver was hauling in passes, whether they were over the shoulder, whether they were right in, right in their hands. Like they caught everything. And that just really wasn't the case uh, in the second half. You know, you look at the first half. They went 11 of 13 for three touchdowns. And a majority of those yards were in touch. And all the touchdowns were in the first quarter. Or in the second quarter, I'm sorry. Um, now, they're, they did throw an interception and then it turned into a fumble and then Michigan State got the ball back first thing in the um, right away in the game but you know after that the the Penn State defense kind of did their thing um they went Michigan State went 11 to 26 for 123 yards and really had nothing going uh in the second half and I think if Penn State's able to to continue that trend um and, and start the way that they've started outside of the 21 point debacle um on in the second quarter I think the Penn State defense is showing that you know they they can make an impact and they can they can do their jobs to the best of their abilities as Penn State gears up for for what potentially could be um, a bowl game. Looking ahead, um, it, it's very possible that this is not the last time the Penn State has played at Beaver Stadium. Now, um, typically, it, it, there would be a team coming from the west to the east. Um, for this next game, but it's very possible that the East goes to the West as far as the Big Ten is concerned. Now, looking ahead, um, it looks as though um, the Nittany Lions might be heading to a place like Illinois, um, or Illinois would come here, vice versa. Obviously, Penn State wants the home game. Nobody wants to travel to, to Illinois um, in the middle of winter, or at the beginning of winter in the middle of December, but um, like and like everything in 2020, it, it, who knows? Um, it's, it's very possible that, you know, that that they might not play in the Week 9 game, but I think it's also, you know, imperative that they do, especially in Penn, Penn State's case, because, number one, they're riding some momentum. They've won three in a row. 
But also, a win next week gives puts them at 4-5, and five, heading into what could potentially be a bowl game. And I think there are a lot of people that would take a 4-5 and five Penn State team over a lot of other teams, whether they had a winning record or not. Penn State, no matter what, is going to draw fans. And I think that's going to be the, the utmost importance because with no fans in the stands, uh, the ratings are what, what really matter right now. Um, you look at the Big Ten standings, Penn State with their win um, moved to 3-5. and five. They're now fourth in the Big Ten, uh, in the Big Ten East, behind Ohio State, Indiana, and Maryland, all teams that beat um, the Nittany Lions earlier in the season. Uh, behind them are Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan State, all teams that they had beat the last three weeks. So, you know, Penn State's undefeated against the state of Michigan, which is, is typically a good thing for the Nittany Lions. They get the land-grant trophy back. And then a brief look at the Big Ten West. You have Northwestern, who's going to be locked in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. Iowa, Penn State has already played them. They sit at second, so it would stand and be my guess that if Indiana is able to play, they would play um, Iowa. But it's going to be, you know, interesting to see because there's going to be a lot of manipulation with with schedules and with matchups because you look at it and you know Minnesota's play or Minnesota's there at, at third. Um, I don't know that they would be coming to Maryland or Maryland would be going there. I think they would rather be. I think the Big Ten would rather them have play or have them play Wisconsin, who they've typically played, you know, once a year every year for you know probably I think close to a hundred years um, in their matchup. So that leaves Purdue, who's who's out with COVID, um, Illinois, and then Nebraska, who Penn State's already played, and and the Big Ten has already come out and said that they don't really want to have a a, a rematch. Um, and that takes out Iowa and Nebraska right away. So you have a potential of Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Illinois, depending on, on what Purdue's status would be. Now, Illinois is 2-5. and five. Um, They're struggling. They're 0-3 at home, much like Penn State was kind of coming into today. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Big Ten does moving forward because, you know, you have a matchup against Wisconsin and Minnesota that is, is historic and obviously – you know, neither team is, is having the greatest of seasons. But, it, and actually, Wisconsin lost 28-7 to to Iowa today. So, it's going to be one of those situations. Um, now, they had a game canceled um, due to COVID earlier this season. So, you know, you look at that, and I think it's very possible that, that that's the matchup that the Big Ten wants uh, to keep that going. Um, so, I think that's... You know, that's that's also part of it. Um, you know, other than, as of right now, the only the only teams that are guaranteed um, are Ohio State and, and Northwestern. They're the only two teams that know what's going on. They obviously know that they'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium playing in the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, next year. So I think that's going to be um, a situation that, you know, it's kind of fluid, and I don't know that it's fair to Penn State yet, or to, to any team, really, because it's Sunday, the game will, um, or it's still Saturday here, but it's a situation where they need to know who to plan for, who to prep for. Now, I don't think that will be hard. It just it just delays the inevitable preparation, and, and that's okay, too. I think, you know, if anything, 2020 has taught us to be fluid, and, and you know, you have to just kind of roll with the punches, and, um, and that's important, too. So, you know, it... As of right now, Penn State is supposed to play week nine, but you know anything is is possible at, at this rate. So, 
you know, and and looking at the Big Ten, I think it's very plausible that they could, you know, depending on Iowa or not at Iowa, but um, Purdue's situation. You know, maybe Penn State plays a Purdue. Maybe Penn State plays a, an Illinois. And you know, I think those are two opportunities for Penn State to to really, you know, get that third win. Now, you know, looking at the other games for, for next week, I can't see a situation where. Minnesota and Wisconsin don't play, even though that they would line up uh, appropriately with Penn State in the um, in the standings. I think that there's some fluidity there that you know is important to keep that rivalry. They played every year essentially since um, 1890, so they play for Paul Bunyan's axe, and it's not obviously as cool as the Land Grant Trophy that Penn State and Michigan State fought for uh, Saturday afternoon in Happy Valley, but it's that's important too, and I think that's you know that's the biggest thing. Uh, for those two programs is to continue that rivalry. And, and, and you know, in 2020, it, it's it's been crazy. And with a game that was canceled, it's obviously not a rematch. So, you know, why not go and do that? But it's also important for Penn State, you know, to to get that, that fourth win and get into that bowl game prep. Um, now, they obviously don't have a month to prepare. So, you know, you, you'll have maybe a week, maybe two weeks at the most, if that. You probably won't even have two weeks you know, with, with the bowls that, that Penn State would be expected to play in, you know, it's very possible that that there's just not a lot of prep for that. And that and, and there's that too. So you get to you don't get that, that lull that you get, you know, during final during a normal finals week, during a normal season where you have a month off to prepare or less than about three weeks to prepare. So Penn State can just ride that momentum into the into bowl season. And then I've seen them projected in, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte and you know, they, they're supposed to, they were projected to play the Tar Heels of North Carolina. So, you know, anything, anything is going to happen. Um, anything can happen. So I think, you know, Penn State's on the right track. Uh, we got signing day coming up this week. So there'll be, there'll be more to come with that. But also I think it's going to be important to, to see who Penn State plays and where, um, you know, this is the first win and Beaver Stadium all year for the, for the Nittany Lions. And that, they hadn't gone winless at home since the last pandemic, the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. So it's good that these seniors got their one last win in, in Beaver Stadium, and I think that's important um, moving forward. But I also think that the Penn State's on the right track to finish out the season strong and, you know, make a difference the rest of the way. And I, I think it's ultimately possible that they could end up um, at 500 beginning of the season. And, it, and if you would have said something like of that nature, when they were 0-5, I wouldn't, you know, I, you don't think that it's that plausible. But here we are. Penn State, like I said, is vi- was victorious over um, over Michigan State, over the Spartans, 39-24. Um, and it was the, the game that, that they needed. Uh, they win the Land-Grant Trophy. They, they, it stays home uh, in Happy Valley. And I think that's, you know, important moving forward as well. But it's on to Week 9, and it's on to the the – the interest, the intrigue of, of playing a team that you don't really know anything about right now because it hasn't been announced um, as of the recording of this podcast. So, you know, anything's going to be possible uh, moving forward. But Penn State's on the right track. They've won three in a row. And and now we get prepared for, for week nine and, and potentially bowl season. But until then, this has been your host, Jared Brugar, on the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. I thank you again for listening, and I hope you all stay safe. Uh-huh.